Localization. What the hell does that mean? Today on... Press A to cancel. Welcome, everybody. I am uh, Pulse109. I'm joined by the council, of course, and I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who actually refers to them as the council. So uh, we know everybody here. We have Sick Jake. Hey, great to be here. And inside jokes start in the heart of one person. Very exactly. Uh, how about Werewolf? That guy owe me cookie. Okay, that's that's his normal voice. He's usually using a fake one when he streams and in here. So, And finally, we have GP. I am GP. Welcome to die. Welcome to the. He's in, he, we're doing a localization thing here, so he's been talking about translation and uh, censorship and some other stuff. That's uh, what we're going to get into. We'll make this like edutainment, except it's not going to be reader rabbit. It's not going to be Mavis teaches typing. I don't know. Carmen San Diego. Come on, man. That was educational. I thought that was just badass. Okay. I forced my kids to play it this past weekend. Anyway. <laughs> nice okay so uh we're going to talk about it a little bit I'm not going to get too crazy into it because it can get to be a very deep very debatable topic basically if you had to say in one word what's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word localization in regards to a video game let's we'll start with you werewolf uh translation and cultural That's one um, word one word or one okay term. translation 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 <laughs> okay you're doing it wrong you're doing it wrong. Sorry. Okay. Jake, I'm quick. sorry. Jake just used half the word to make up for the time we lost here. What do you think of when you hear tra- uh, hear translation? When you hear localization? Or do you think translation too? Pan. <laughs> Pan? Pan. Okay. Let's get the rest of the words. Panties. Panties? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go with censorship. That's probably what we're going to talk <laughs> Pretty about. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And uh, how, about, <laughs> how about you, GP? Spoony. Spoony, uh, Bard, Spoony Bard. Okay, excellent. I see. We are one. <laughs> okay, so basically, all those things kind of add up to localization. It's not one thing. A lot of people just think either censorship or translation, and those are two very common things that comes to localization in video games but it's not everything but it it takes up a good chunk the biggest thing is localization is kind of making it more appropriate for the intended audience so if i went in and started playing a game in japanese it's one thing to learn how to read japanese i don't think that it's kind of reasonable to expect your audience to learn a new language to play a game so they kind of have to do more than just translate it if you punch everything into google translate it might be very literal. It might make sense in the same way that you kind of remember doing Shakespeare in high school or junior high. And, you know, it's English. You understand the words, but you kind of have to break it down and say, what are they actually talking about? You know, so if I started using idioms and different sayings and stuff like that, there's there's going to be some confusion if we are talking from North American to, you know, Swedish to russian to filipino you know it we don't all have the same kind of ways of talking or communicating so translation is just one of many things that come into it let's let's go uh, spread it out a little bit though just because we're talking about it um 
we can have a little bit more than just translation, like censorship. I know that's something that you were going to talk about, Jake, because we were doing some research because we're, we're professionals. Right. So, um, what, what would you want to bring up about the censorship side of localization? Well, I mean, two small ones, I think probably worth bringing up that are NES minded because a lot of this happened for the NES. Uh, one was Ice Climbers, which is a bad game, but it's one that most people have played. You're, uh, you know, you're careful. Treading, you're ten, treading on thin ice right now because I love that <laughs> oh, game. Dad joke. Uh, so you're two guys, you're, uh, <laughs> you know, well, one guy and you're, you know, climbing a mountain, smashing bricks with your, your mallet you know, collecting vegetables as you do on a mountaintop. But you're, as you're climbing up, the enemies are yetis. So what I was reading is, I watched a video of, apparently in the Japanese version, though, it's not yetis you're smashed with a mallet, it's seals. So nice. clubbing seals might be a, might be a, I don't know, a somewhat touchy subject in North America. So that's something that, not necessarily censorship, <laughs> but they, had to, they take it out of the North American release because of the controversy around, you know, clubbing baby seals in the Arctic. That's like one example I have. Another one would be uh, the original Contra, uh, which in Europe is actually called Pro Protector. And not just the name changed, but all the human sprites are changed to robots and cyborgs. Like it's a sci-fi setting. They change the storyline, the whole nine yards. Way better name, to be honest. I think Pro Protector sounds way more badass. Well, it's got a history in EU of a um, censorship. I think I want to say the sequel, Super Contra, they changed it to Super C over there because they didn't want to associate with the Iron Con- Game Genie. <laughs> the Iran Contra War. <laughs> so like, like, there's a whole history of, of censoring Contra in the, the EU is kind of interesting. I uh, I think that's a really strong one. But the NES generation in general, there was a lot of uh, a lot of people considered it censorship, which some of it is. Uh, some of them are like flagrant censorship, and other things are just a cultural thing. So they change it. Like the clubbing seals might be insensitive. I don't know if they did it back then or because of that, or maybe it was just because they said, hey, you know, it'd be cool if we could, you know, like club yetis because that would be awesome. I, I'd be down for that. I'm just saying. Like yetis aren't manatees is what we're trying to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> save, save, the, save the manatees, the final manatees. Final manatee. Wait, it's, it's, it's save the manatees? <laughs> I've been shaving all these manatees for no reason. I, I told you about that. Come on. They look so pissed. So that's why they're scarred up. <laughs> they do have that's the epic mustache. You know, I'd be pissed too if if someone shaved mine and it was that epic. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> but anyways, uh, how about you, GP? What do you do? like? I know you're familiar with Contra slash Probotector. So uh, do you have any other games that stick out for uh, something that that changed? Not necessarily censorship, maybe more culturally appropriate, I guess. Oh well, here I was with my my censorship. Example, weren't there some fighting games where the uh, the ladies had some incredibly skimpy costumes and so they, they changed the sprite work just slightly so that certain things were not revealed? Yeah, I think that's pretty common. I mean, I remember seeing comparisons in video game magazines actually between Japan and, and uh, North America and it was always like either chest size was reduced or they added like a undershirt, like an underlayer to show less right. skin. Well, and then there's, of course, the, uh, I think everybody knows about this game uh, that was sold in VHS boxes. It was called Bubble Bath Babes. Yeah, it's a porn video game, essentially, <laughs> but they, they wanted to release it to everybody. So they changed it to like a mermaid theme, <laughs> slapped seashells on everybody, and changed the name to, I, I forget what it is, <clears throat> what it is uh, called. Oh, Disney's The Little Mermaid, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So 
<clears throat> I, and they had to be seashells because B shells and D shells didn't fit. <laughs> I'm glad we're sticking with the dad jokes. See, that might not fly in another country. You know, they might not get the dad jokes. So they kind of switch it up. So that's another thing, like physically changing sprites and stuff is one thing they'll do. Werewolf, maybe you can tell us something that'll be more uh, outside of the realm of the art. What could you tell us about localization? Well, sometimes it's literally a matter of, you know, references that people just wouldn't get. A lot of the Japanese writing would be, you know, when they'd, when they'd go for something, a joke, a lot of times it's puns. And then you can't really translate those puns into English very well. Uh, as an example, Lunar 2, on the making of disc, there's uh, one of the guys talking about their translating the game, and he's like, had I translated it directly, it would have been so, like, there would have been a joke like, Pickles, I thought you said baseball card. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> You know, sounds pretty good. I to me. wish that stayed in there now, though. Joke still lands. <laughs> so it's it it's it's a matter of changing pop culture references and jokes and things like that, so that the the people for the new audience will still get it and right. it'll make sense. So it's keeping the tone while changing the dialogue to fit for the audience. Now, would you call that a completely subjective or objective kind of? thing because that sounds a little bit subjective to me there's a wiggle there's going to be wiggle room right what do you mean i mean you know one person could actually translate it differently or one person can put a different reference in there because there's obviously one thing in japanese is not going to translate to another in in uh, english well yeah and so that's why they'd put an entirely different sort of joke there if that were the case yeah and something that, you know, an English-speaking audience would get in this case. So if we tried to use memes, maybe, that may not have extended past most English-speaking countries, then when you put that in there and try to translate it, it's probably going to be like the pickle thing, the pickle and baseball cards. Exactly. So the idea, like, with a good localization, you won't realize that it happened. Right. It's only the bad ones that we catch, like, that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> What would you guys say are some of the worst localizations you can think of for any era? It doesn't matter if it's re retro or newer. Is there anything that stands out in your memory? Oh, yeah. I've, I've got several. But, again, most of mine are just poorly translated items like the Spoonie Bard thing we had talked about. So if you're okay with those examples, I'd be happy to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's go for it. For anybody who's not aware, Spoonie Bard is a reference from what, Final Fantasy... Four, yeah, exactly. Anyways, GP, take it away. But no, okay. So when when we started off the show, and I was like, "I am GP. Welcome to die." Uh, the four person arcade cabinet of X Men. Whenever you got to Magneto, that that's what he said. I am Magneto. Welcome to die. So yeah, I thought he was German. Right, right, right. And then there's um, my my favorite. Of course, everybody knows all your base are belong to us. <laughs> uh, and uh, basically the entire script from, was it Zero, Zero Wing, I think it is? But no, my, my favorite one, and this happens from time to time just because of the way the alphabets translate with there not being an L, I think it is. There's no L in, in Japanese. Uh, Samurai Showdown, or Shodan, because they're, they were missing the second W. <laughs> Samurai Shodan. Uh, instead of victory, whenever you win a fight, it's victory. Nice. Yeah, and <laughs> those, uh, you know. 
Ghostbusters, the congratulation instead of congratulation. <laughs> That's yeah. a classic. So yeah, Which I mean, Ghostbusters there's, there's... the one I the one I had the most experience with was Sega Master System because I actually owned it. <laughs> there's there's Metal Gear. Ah, I feel asleep. I feel asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the classic for this has got to be what happened. Somebody set up the bomb. Yeah, set us up. How are you, gentlemen? Yes. Oh, your base belong to us, right? Zero Wing has got to be the classic for for localization or translation issues. Make your time. Make your time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised none of you actually mentioned this guy. Are sick? Oh yeah. What's that from? <laughs> Final Fantasy VII. Is it really? Yeah. It is. It's Aerith showing a cloud around. I believe this guy are yeah. sick. Wow. He walks into two. Uh, I think they later. Explain that he has Mako poisoning or something. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, this guy are sick. Look in the slums. There's just not a lot of educational <laughs> potential. You know, there's not a lot of out- yeah access. There's so. a predisposition to becoming Mako poisoned in Sector Seven. Is what you're trying to say? <laughs> a lot of bad stuff goes down in Sector Seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy Four though is also a really good reference for localization. Honestly, for poor localization sadly yeah and not just for translation they made the game easier for western audiences they made the game easier for western audiences thinking that western audiences wouldn't want such a difficult jrpg they didn't think people would have the patience or uh, what have you for such a game so they toned it down yeah and you don't remember which ways they did tone it down i don't remember specifically. It's been a long time since I looked into that. How about Jake? Do you know any of the the ways they might have toned it down for the the easy type, as they call it? Yeah, let me just think about it for one sec here. <laughs> <laughs> all of all of the various items were dumbed down to just being like heal, yeah. a heal uh, you know purchase item. You you can cure anything with that. <laughs> I just rem- I just remembered. So the biggest change to make it easier is by calling it Final Fantasy Two. <laughs> yeah, that's also another localization. They skipped two and three and just called four two because they didn't think people could handle that. They're like, "What happened to the other ones?" All, jo- all jokes aside, I mean that happened. I mean there was games like what was it Ease Three YS Three? I was used to call it. Where where were the other two? And then there was. Super Valus 4 on Super Nintendo. I want to play the other three games. So they kind of dodged a bullet in that regard. You know what? East 1 and 2 actually came to the West, but they were on Turbo Graphics. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's another reason why I didn't... Yeah, the only the only game I had on Turbo Graphics was Keith Courage and Alpha Zones because it came with the console. That was a, a weirdly good and bad game. Yeah, but back to was. the topic. Yeah. But, so, I mean, that's that's how things can get really sticky sometimes and looking back a lot of things haven't aged well so a lot of people call that censorship but localization is basically trying to make it the best for the target audience there's a lot of things that can go in a game and they've changed we go back to final fantasy 4 briefly it was the artwork was the same but translation was different the battle mechanics were different so they had to basically change the entire game to suit it and keep the same graphics that's that's how it worked out too. well they also removed spells lowered the cost of certain items um you know just overall made things more accessible i think and a little bit less more difficult i think they also took out attack items from the game as well 
Are, they, are these uh, memories coming back to you now, they're, Jake? They're just flooding to me. Just, just coming. <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. Okay. I just yeah. Can sure. you sc- can you scroll down on your memories for a minute and, and some more, please? Well, to be fair, too, it's not just the whole idea. We're talking a lot about Japan and United States, right? But it's not just that. Uh, there's a lot of localization done in other countries, right? Um, but I was going through stuff before the podcast. Uh, Germany, for example, Half-Life, when that came out there, Germany's kind of up there in terms of video game violence and not allowing it. So when you kill enemies in the original release of Half-Life, they don't die. They just sit down and take a nap. Can you imagine playing the entire game like really? that? Really? <laughs> Do they literally sit down and take a nap, or do they fall over? No, it looks like, like they just sleep, sit down like, and in place. So instead of like sprawling out backwards, they just sit down. Impressive. Do you guys, wow. do you guys remember uh, the bad guy in Bionic Commando, Master D? No, I never got that far. I was terrible at that game. Thank you for watching the Retro Therapy. We play that game all the time. <laughs> no, if you haven't had the chance, or if you can Google it real quick, clearly Master yeah. D is Hitler. Oh right unabashedly like that's you know and i understand why they don't want to put hitler in a video game no no but uh yeah but i would imagine that i don't know maybe in japan or you know when it was originally released that's understood as to who that was and they they localized it you know for for other things but yeah no that's i don't know who master d was supposed to be but i think that was mainly because they didn't want to be uh didn't want to be identified as wolfenstein 2d is the main Uh reason they wouldn't put hitler no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Either way, you get to see his head explode at the end, so that's kind of cool. That's that's pretty cool. I like that, especially in the Nintendo era. Right. So how about for something, like Werewolf said, it's seamless if it's done right. Something that, uh, looking back, you might not have thought about it, but was something that probably was localized to the point that, hey, this is actually really good this is really relevant this is uh this applies to us it's more relatable is there anything that would stand out for you guys how about jake is there anything doesn't matter old or new again is there anything that will stand out and make you think hey you know they did a good job with this i mean for me the standout localization is always going to be final fantasy 6 uh enough that i know the guy who did the translation like ted wolseley right his name is always famous for me uh as a teenager because somebody who took a japanese game that's incredibly text heavy and just made it awesome in the English translation. I don't think there's anything about Final Fantasy VI dialogue or or just general the chatting in the game that I don't like, or at least doesn't seem, it seems odd or whatnot. Like you don't, I don't remember any grammar errors that stick out. Like there's definitely localization efforts in there in terms of like taking out references to beer or beer and alcohol and changing it to coffee for cafes and stuff. But overall, it's pretty decent. Yeah. And there, I remember seeing a few blips here and there but there's nothing that would be like ruin your experience it was just kind of like oh okay like more grammatical or a word didn't fit in something like that and i it was i mean in a game that big to have those few errors in it i think that's crazy impressive especially back then now is is the guy who did the translations and such for final fantasy 6 also the guy they hired for four and Mystic Quest. Am I remembering my history there? Hmm, let me look this up and remember. Deep in the breasts of my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look this up and remember once I see the names. Yeah, I, I think there's a, a a guy they hired specifically for Mystic Quest. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, that was their, their, their first effort to try to bring it over to, you know, America. Yeah. And then either they, they kept him on for four and then took him to six. Ted I don't Wol- remember. Ted Wolfley right? did uh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest 9 2. Uh, he did Secret of Mana, Breath of Fire, Chrono Trigger, Chrono Trigger, uh, Mario, Super Mario RPG, 
He, but he didn't do uh, he didn't do uh, Final Fantasy IV, which probably fits because we were picking okay. fun at it. Right. He look. He was going through some shit during four. Okay. <laughs> Everybody was spoony. He was very upset. <laughs> so I'm thinking that uh, I'm pretty sure Mystic Quest came to North America first. Mm-hmm. So that also might have been a little bit easier, and that might have been if you play the Japanese version. Maybe they have the same kind of spoony bard problems that Final Fantasy II has for us. You know, slash four. It just shows to go. It shows that these things are. You know, it's two-sided. There's there's more than one way to look at it. So what about you, GP? Is there anything that stands out for you like that? Now that we're uh, kind of more aware of what we're talking about here, is there anything that's sticking out? Well, I want to say yes, but I'm afraid it's going to be off topic now. <laughs> the reason I say that is I don't know if it was okay, translated. Gosh. Stephen King's The Stand. I don't feel like it was translated, localized to Americas for, you know, that purpose. But I think it was just made for the Americans. Uh, and that is Star Tropics. All the baseball references, you know, Americola, all that kind of stuff. Is that true? Or is that because baseball's huge in Japan, right? Yeah, it is. No, it, it, it absolutely is. But I, I feel like I had heard that Star Tropics was released only in America. And uh, they, they did a lot of things in there to try to appeal to the American sensibilities. Huh. Mm-hmm. It looks like it was a North American and European release. Oh, I didn't realize that. And for Europe, it was like two years later. There you go. So, you know, they probably took those two years to say, hey, this is actually selling. We should uh, localize Well, it. they had to censor all those Hitlers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and and the death ostrich, that, that's the one that scares the crap out of me in that game. <laughs> it looks like an ostrich with like a, with a skull that's just bare, no flesh or anything, no beak. It's horrifying. Nothing. It's just like a, yeah, it's like a human skull on an ostrich and an... And, and they're fast. Yeah. And you are not. <laughs> no, you... Yeah, very much. Like how they can come yeah. up with that kind of enemy idea in the room. It's like, look, guys, guys, we, we need a new enemy. Well, how about an emu, but with a skull? Right. <laughs> like, Has anybody seen my LSD? No, nobody's seen it. But listen to this idea for a bad guy. <laughs> All right. Did I ask everybody for about that now? No, but I was I was really thinking Chrono Trigger, and that kind of falls back to kind of similar to Final Fantasy VI. It was all very well done. Dialects were fitting for the characters and all that. Yeah, they put a lot of work into how each character speaks quite uniquely, but all, all very coherently. It's definitely a well-done translation. Yeah. Even Ayla, you know, who barely speaks a cohesive sentence, it's still consistently... The, yeah, the North American caveman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, clearly, if you look at it, she's from South America when you look where her... Uh, her no, she's more Central America, I guess, if we were going to try to put it on the map and pretend that was actually the Earth. I have no idea. I don't know either. I'm just pulling it <laughs> in my ass. But anyways, there, there goes my attempt at being witty. So this will be it for the day. <laughs> for me, I got to say, there's been some amazing ones, and the worst one is probably Breath of Fire 2 for me, translation-wise. but localization-wise, I thought it was really good from, for an English audience despite the bad translation because they touched on a lot of stuff in that game and stuff that was normally censored out and especially in the NES era, so this is Super NES, and it it got really heavy into like religion and life and just those topics that were not 
that were much more deep than the Super Nintendo era was really common to see. Yeah, that's that's a bad example, but at the same time, I thought they touched on so much in the translate. Like the translation was terrible to the point where yes and no were often mixed up, and I, I don't know if that was a translation or a programming error. I can kind of see both, just considering how poorly it was done. But the actual content of the game, the storyline, and how it worked. It was really impressive to see because they touched on you basically have to go fight a god or fight what everybody thinks is god. And I'm like, wow, cool. That's pretty badass, you know, and that's something that you wouldn't expect out of the Super Nintendo. You'd you'd think somebody would try to become a god like Kefka and then fight them after the fact. But no, this turns out to be, spoiler, um, you'd have to take out who you were saving to essentially you, you spoke to statues and went to churches to save your progress. And then you end up fighting the, uh, the deity that you were saving your progress to. So it's, it's pretty cool to see that. Uh, I'd like to see how that translated from Japanese because it was very, I guess, Christian overall. And I don't know. I just, I think it was really cool how they left that in. Well, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, Xenosaga and Xenogears games. I heard of them, and that's it, but I've heard great things about them. The Xenosaga trilogy focuses very heavily on religion, intertwined with its main plot, and Xenogears did the same thing, and they're essentially the same overall existence. Just Xenogears takes place well after Xenosaga. And in Xenogears, since it was PlayStation era, Square was not comfortable releasing the game to western audiences with all the religious re- uh, references that were in it so they had to change a bunch of stuff to where it wasn't christian references it wasn't jewish references it wasn't muslim references all these things they made them to where they were sort of made up terms and if okay. you really look at these things you can tell which one is supposed to be what but they sort of scrubbed it clean to where the average person wouldn't realize that it was these things. Gotcha. That's a perfect example of localization right there. And for better or for worse. <laughs> that wasn't localization for the audience's benefit so much as the company was lo- was kind of watching out its ass on that one, you know? You know what? Actually, yeah. Okay. I totally take that back. <laughs> but yeah, no, but it is a change for regardless of reasoning, they did change it for their intended audiences, maybe for their own benefit, obviously, but, uh, but it still is localization. So I am sticking with it. I don't know. I'm (laughs) backpedaling now. Now you can see that it it can get really tangly, right? Especially when you're dealing with topics like that, there's a lot of people that'll get offended by it. There's a lot of people that won't care and it'll be over the heads of other people. So you're trying to, break this middle ground so it can appeal to everyone. It's kind of like making a Marvel movie, you know, compared to the comics, it's not going to hit the spot, but they're good action movies. They're a laugh. They have some comedy. They have some good scene special effects. So it appeals to the masses. And so I think that is the kind of video game equivalent for me. They're, they're trying to, uh, to bring that same kind of, that same kind of ground for everybody it appeals to them asses. <laughs> so is there anything you guys we're thinking about that uh, that we haven't discussed at this point. Yeah, I could talk. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to think of. I'm sorry, I don't have any examples. Go no, ahead, go Jake. ahead. You first. 
Well, I'm trying to think of any video game that's ever tried to incorporate regional dialect, such as like a southern draw or southern mannerisms to uh, to characters that maybe, you know, in, in Japan, let's say, weren't from Georgia. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I can, I can totally see that. Uh, uh, Yakuza. Yakuza is oh, kind yeah. of notoriously bad at this. <laughs> yeah. In playing through Yakuza Kiwami 2 recently, I noticed... A lot of people who were supposed to be from outside of the Tokyo area were sort of given that. You know, instead of you, they say ya. Uh, a lot of uh, ending, instead of ing, it would be in apostrophe. Right. And it was just a ton of that. And I just, I couldn't keep reading it the way they were saying it because it didn't fit. Yeah. When, when you're reading it. <laughs> they went overboard on it. Yeah. And it's such a fun game, but. Oh, <laughs> it's. I know they're trying to make it sound more natural too, but when you cut out every G at the end of ing, and when you say yeah instead of you, it really comes off like you're trying to force this certain dialect. Like it becomes a trope almost. Yeah. And so if you're trying they, to read it normally and you spell everything out normally, you're going to read it and you're probably going to cut out the G's when you're saying something with I-N-G. It's it's like when they took a character script, instead of actually reading through and rewriting it to feel more comfortable, they just did the, the lazy copy-paste, you know, replace all Y-O-U with Y-A, <laughs> you know? Sure. Search document, yeah. Also, how have we not mentioned Soda Popinski yet? Ah. Oh, I was waiting for someone else to do what it. What was he in Japan? What about him? Vodka drink, drunkie. Oh, was he really? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so they, they switched all the alcohol references to Soda Pop. Because we had, we had not yet discovered vodka at that point. <laughs> like in Chrono Trigger, um, there's the, the guy you meet, the adventurer, Toma. And he asks you if I this is a tough adventure. I'm not might not make it. Can you you know if I die, can you pour one out for me in my grave? And then later on, you acquire the Toma's pop item or something like that. It's like you're basically the implication is your implication. That's a word. You're pouring a bottle of pop on his grave, but really it's like sake or something from the Japanese version. Oh, sake! I would have just that beer. Yeah. Nice. Well, that that sort of thing even stuck around into uh, Dreamcast era because Skies of Arcadia. Instead of liquor, it was liqueur. So they're stepping it up slowly. It's all fancy French. <laughs> Not getting into hard stuff right away. I say liqueur, by the way. Game genie. Game genie. <laughs> it's going to be a thing. Jake always says drunk. I always says something wrong. And I just always say, but anyways. Now people are going to be listening to that from now on, so I'm going to have to make sure to edit the but anyways. Out of Don't you localize me. <laughs> Don't you localize <laughs> me. Yeah, look at what I've done. All right. GP, did you think of your example of little uh, werewolf was talking there? Or? What about the, the southern characters, the southern accents and stuff? Oh, I was yeah. helping his case there, I thought. Yeah, I was just going to say, I thought werewolf kind of made my point for me. Oh, fine. Okay, Jake, <laughs> how about you, man? I got one. Can I, can, I, can I talk now? Is that okay, mommy? I don't know. GP, are you done? Or do you actually It's going to sound some... really weird as drunk Jake. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you to call me daddy. But, uh, no, go, please, go ahead. Uh, so the example I, I dug up was... Um... <laughs> but I mean, there's some fighting games where they got like... Okay, go ahead. <laughs> but anyways. So, man. Hey, don't steal my line. It's, it's branded now. It's going to be on a t-shirt coming soon. Uh... <laughs> There's a game that came out for the Wii U, which may not be retro, but hey, it sure as hell a dead console, right? 
Uh, it was called Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Sessions? I can't talk either. Uh, it basically, it's a Shin Megami Tensei cross Fire Emblem game. Normally not my wheelhouse, but I started playing Final, F- Final Fantasy Fire Emblem Three Houses recently, and it kind of got me looking at past Fire Emblem games to see which ones I might want to pick up. And I was reading about this one, and this one's interesting. It's obviously the, the, the fantasy genres mixed together, but it takes place in modern Tokyo, like present-day Tokyo. And it's heavily involves the, the Japanese idol industry, right? The ultra-cute, you know, maid culture, singers, you know... It, Younger, younger models and girls and whatnot. In North America, kind of creepy, uh, especially when the, the age of one of these models is like 16 to 18. So it's a bit weird. But they brought this game over to North America anyway, which was kind of interesting. But they made a ton of changes. Uh, they said during, a, during pre-release that they were keeping the original Japanese voiceovers to maintain that you know Japanese style to the game when it came over here. But they went and re-recorded 300 lines with the original Japanese voice actors because of some of the content changes they made. And like we're talking things like uh, bumping the ages up of some of the characters from 16 to 17, 17 to 18. A lot of it takes place around the idea of uh, Gravor idols, which is more of the uh, the risque, sexy modeling type. Again, these are teenage girls or older teenage girls. And something like that doesn't fly over North America. So they took a lot of that stuff out and instead of skimpy bikinis... And, you know, low-cut cops showing cleavage. It's all like full-body costumes and outfits. It's quite radically different. You know, the... So, cat skin-tight cat suits, which is a whole different niche well, for that's the thing. somebody who's... That's the thing, that. too. One of the characters in the Japanese version wears this very, you know, deep-cut dress. And in the, the American release, it's, uh, her body's been covered white or painted white so to make it less obvious that it's, you know, TNA. But one of the best things for me, though, is I mentioned at the top of the episode, the pan, you know. The panties. So, pan, short for panties. Yeah, panties. I mean, there's tons of fan service in this game, right? And uh, a lot of panty shots in the Japanese game. And North American game, though. So apparently what they did is they they put a... <laughs> they're not the only ones to do this. They put a black void under the skirt. So whenever the camera pans in that direction, you just see a void into darkness. Which okay, yeah. <laughs> sounds like my ex-girlfriend if you ask me. But hey, okay. <laughs> but anyway, it's a lot a lot of censorship for the North American audience. But it, a lot of it, these changes, this game is so Japanese culture oriented. I almost question why they even bothered releasing North America, right? When you have games like Star Tropics, which didn't even come out there, and it's based around American culture and stuff, it makes sense. But why did they even bring this game across? Like, it's interesting. I'm glad to see all kinds of stuff come over, even if I'm not really interested in the type of game. But it just seems like such a wild amount of uh, changes to make it palatable for the North American audience. And then they just re-released it again on Switch. But the one they re-released in Japan on the Switch is the North American censored version. Oh, really? Yeah, which is very strange. Well, I think it's also in the West now. Uh, yeah, I think it came out on Switch If it, yeah, recently, if it's not coming out already, uh, very soon. And so these are good points, too, when it comes to localization, is that every game does not come across from one place to the other. So there are choices being made saying, do we have an audience for this somewhere? And they obviously made the choice now of saying, okay, yeah, we do over here. We still got to change it, but we got I just one. remembered something. So it's coming out on the Switch. Uh, actually, I think it might have come out today or this week. The Kunioko Collection on the Switch, which is the... Um... He, he's thinking of something. No, I'm not thinking. I'm not typing away on the keyboard. <laughs> I don't I don't repeat my jokes. What's, what's wrong with you? I think, I think that one came out yesterday. Yesterday. Right, so that's the um, we're we're dating the recording, but 
The secret's out. What's the, the okay? What's the River City Rampage? That's Kuniko series is basically River City Ransom. Rampage in the U.S. Ransom. Ransom. You think I would know this? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so uh, a bunch of them are unreleased Japanese games in the series are coming over to in this part of this package in North America. And there's actually a, a hockey one. Like I know there's a, a volleyball one and a basketball one, but I didn't realize there's a hockey Kuniko game. I didn't even know hockey existed in Japan compared to North America. Isn't there a super dodgeball? One? Yeah, they're it. They're totally it. Yeah, it looks like uh, <laughs> it looks like the original version of what super dodgeball was in Japan before being made what it was released in the West as was also translated. So you get the the high school dodgeball game instead of the world tour dodgeball game, which is honestly way more epic. I think the same thing goes for the original River City Ransom. I think they re-translated that one as what it was. Instead of giving us, you know, I mean, they also give you River City Ransom in this collection, but they also give you the Kunio-kun Trouble in High School or whatever it's called. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's pretty interesting that they went back and relocalized these games, but leaving them in their original setting. Yeah. And that's that's kind of cool because they're they're giving you a specific experience, too. So, again, there's choices that can be made. So things aren't black and white when it comes to localizations. Wait, Contra used to be called Probotector? <laughs> <laughs> to that note, I actually have another good example of a localized game. Um, Blaster Master. Oh, yeah. Blaster Master was localized like crazy. So originally in Japan, it was a game called Metafight. And it took place on the planet Sophia Third. You were driving around a tank called the Nora something. I don't remember exactly, but... They brought it to the West and did a number of things. So the story got completely rewritten to be substantially less sci-fi to where they put it on Earth. The tank was called Sophia. I don't know why they made that change. Instead of it being, you know, we're going to... Instead of it starting off like, oh, the planet... Like, there's only a few of us left and we're still trying to save our planet. It's some kid chases his frog out of his house down a hole and finds a tank. And then he's off to the races trying to kill all these monsters to save his frog and in in the process saves the world. Like you do. That's such a <laughs> radical change. It really is. I don't know. I, I think really the, the whole idea behind that is teaching kids that you can accomplish big things, but you need to put it in a small, manageable type tank. of setting. <laughs> That's what got me through sixth grade. Oh, I thought it was the tank that you were driving around. <laughs> it wasn't just the name and the story. It was also they had a few spots that they changed. The one that really sticks out for me is on level four. Toward the end of the stage, you have to make a in in meta fight. You have to make a blind jump off of a high ledge. And, you know, as, as the boy, not the tank. So if he falls, you know, two squares, he's dead. So he can't really make a big jump. You have to grab a ladder after you make this blind jump. You can't see the ladder before you jump and then go down. If you miss the ladder, it's dead. The Western version, you go up the ladder and you've got a whole platforming section instead as you work your way down to that ladder. So much simpler, but also no blind jump. I don't know. NES games and fall damage are two things that just don't sit well with me. <laughs> Is is Dr. Cossack still Dr. Cossack in the Russian <laughs> Mega Man 4? No, he's Dr. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a baseball cap, right? On Kalinka? 
I'm telling you that fuzzy hat doesn't fit. So, yeah, or I mean Susan. Susan. <laughs> we already made fun of this, GP. Come on. The Siberian Citadel is now a San Francisco, you know, townhouse. <laughs> and the parking Look forward is to our Tep B debate with uh, GP and Sick Jake. <laughs> but anyways. Can we self promote in our own promotions? <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> yeah, so I mean this just goes to show that localization is not translation and it's not censorship, although those things are involved. So you can see there's there's a lot to get into. Um, is there any final points you guys would like to bring up before we, we close it up? Speak now or forever. Hold your chicken nuggets. Oh, damn it. Well, now I got to go to the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am Error. That's all I got. I am Error. See, I just thought his name was Aurora. You know, that's what I thought it was. As that wasn't even uh, that wasn't even a mistranslation because there was the, his friend Bagu was the mistranslation. He was supposed to be Bug. They were a joke. He was saying like his name was supposed to be Error and the other guy's name was supposed to be Bug and it was supposed to be a programming joke. Ah oh, ha ha! Oh, Japanese oh. dad joke. I see. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a complete fail on me because I thought his name was Aurora and the other guy. Because I was seven years old when I played the game, said his name was Bagu, and I thought it was supposed to be Ragu, and then I wanted spaghetti. So <laughs> <sighs> I got to revisit all this stuff now. Thanks, guys. Yeah, so I think we we kind of beat the horse a little dead today. So that's that's always good. That's what we're here for. Exactly. Dead horse beaten. Yeah, we got to take those jokes and just burn them to the ground. So guys. It's been fun. I, I like talking about this because you guys brought up some stuff that even I never thought about. And I thought I was the, the one most prepared for this because I chose to do this episode and I did the research to make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so thank you for making me feel like putts. Um, Werewolf, where, where can we find more of you, by the way? Twitch and Twitter. W-A-R-E-W-U-L-F-F. And that's his Twitch and Twitter name by the folks. That's not his uh, call sign. He's not a radio, but he does have the voice. Of an awesome TJ. Speaking of uh, awesome voices, GP, how's it going? Yes. Where can we find more of you? Uh, we, I'm on Twitch as The Retro Therapy, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter as The Retro Therapy as well. But he's not on Tinder? I've tried. So, Jake, <laughs> how about you, man? Where can we find you? Uh, yeah, my name is Sick Jake, and you can find me... Hold on. Let me look it up. He's got to remember. I can be found on Twitch and Twitter, and for one day only, Facebook Gaming at S-I-C-J-A-K-E. <laughs> yeah, I feel nice. like there's a funny joke there with Sick Jake's um, searching his memory and then typing the keys, how people are like, hey, if I die, delete my browser history. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I'm dead, somebody erase my memory, okay? Yeah, Jake is the one who started that meme, apparently. All right, everybody, thanks again for listening. And uh, if you guys, also, anybody who's listening... You'd like to join our Discord, send us an email or just talk with us. We have Discord, we have email. Like I just said, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Join us in our... Beating that joke like it's dead. Exactly. <laughs> beat, beat beat us like we're dead. If you want to talk and see, uh, voice some concerns that we didn't cover today, let us know. We love hearing from you guys. Please. And uh, so yeah, this is Press B to Cancel and thanks again and until next episode, stay frosty. Juice uh, pasta. <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs> Juice pasta? <laughs>
choose pasta. I heard, I heard juice oh, pasta. I juice. Put that on a t-shirt. Pasta, Hannah. Juice pasta. <laughs> this turkey sandwich is horrible. <laughs> Special thanks for music go to Arthur the Ancient found on SoundCloud or The Last Ancient on YouTube. For more episodes, please visit our website, pressbtocancel.com. As well, feel free to like or subscribe at Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you'd like to listen to your favorite shows. As always, thank you. This has been... Press B to Cancel.